Welcome everybody, I'm Stephen Foskett. I'm the organizer of Tech Field Day, and this is the Gestalt IT Roundtable Podcast. I was having a conversation with uh, Justin Warren yesterday, and he mentioned, he made the bold statement that cloud is really more about process than it is about technology. And I really keyed into that because I get kind of fed up hearing people say cloud, 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 it's just a bunch of nonsense, it's just a, it's just a computer in somebody else's data center. And so um, this, I think, is a good, good discussion. So tell us, Justin, what is your, what is your premise? What are you suggesting here? So my, my premise is that the, the power of cloud is, has nothing to do with the infrastructure. Um, it, will, it is very, very little. But it is important. the technology is important, but not in the way that people think it is. So putting your stuff in another data center is not really what happens when you go to cloud. So when an organization says, hey, we're going to go we're going to all in on cloud, what they mean is that we're going to adopt all of the cloud processes and the way that we organize our IT business, which is all around sort of DevOps and continuous flow and Toyota production system style um, IT factory. And going to cloud, going to the, the technology of, say, AWS, is actually a forcing function to make that process change happen. Because if it could have happened in, inside the company, well, we would have done it. But we didn't. And so when you see people going to cloud and then coming back from the cloud, and they say, oh, because it's cheaper and everything else, but they keep all the processes. So why didn't you just put the processes in place inside your own data center to begin with? It's like, well, because we couldn't do it that way. Which is basically the same idea of if I'm a CIO and I want to change the way my organization is structured and the processes and the way it works, I'll outsource it because now I get all new people, I get all new processes and I do all of that and then I can bring it, bring it back in-house and do it myself. So the, the technology is a forcing function to do all the process change. Mm-hmm. And so you're, uh, it sounds to me also that you're suggesting that this is a long overdue change to the way that enterprise IT is done. Oh, yes. And, and cloud is literally going to force progress that we've known should happen yeah. and should have happened a long time ago. My, my whole working thing that I, when I talk to clients and I talk to vendors and, and so on, my working theory for everything is we're just, IT is going through the 90s, 1980s at the moment and the Toyota production system has been discovered by IT. So the Phoenix project is a rewrite of the goal and the goal is all about Toyota production system. It's operations management, and it's been used in man- you know, lean manufacturing. It's been around for ages. IT is like the, um, the automobile industry in the United States in the 1980s, late 70s. And Japan happened, and somehow Toyota was able to come out with a car that was higher quality and cheaper. And all the automobile manufacturers everywhere else in the world just went, how is that possible? What, what do you mean? It's, no. And that's what IT is doing now. So cloud is, cloud is Japan, basically. Um, okay. But notice that not all cars get made in Japan. So that's when, when people say, oh, everything's going to go into the cloud. It's like, no, not everything's going to go into AWS, but everyone will adopt the cloud processes, just like all the manufacturing users. I agree, I agree with that. In fact, I agree completely with that in that whenever I meet with customers, it's about the processes. I don't care. And in fact... We have gotten to the point where we don't even really like to say the words private cloud, hybrid cloud, public cloud. It's cloud because those processes should follow you no matter where you go. And I also agree that the, you know, the hype of, oh, they've pulled something back from AWS or from Azure or something is crazy. You know, yeah, move around where it's cheapest to run your workloads, but keep those processes and keep those capabilities. And that's where you see successful cloud uh, you know, 
transitions against unsuccessful. When you think it's just, I run stuff in, on somebody else's computers, that's never successful, um, nor will it be. And I also agree that we're way, way overdue for this. There's so much debt sitting in organizations, data centers and processes and business processes. And you mean technical debt? Technical debt, but call it process debt. I mean, mm -hmm. how often do you see, when you go through and do a business process analysis, these old processes that should have been you know, evolved and made more efficient 15 years ago, and at least now through some of these cloud transitions, if you will, we're starting to be able to push those along. So these are usually much larger than just what IT is doing. It's, it's a really big organizational shift, but this has been the driver, I think, that, that's causing a lot of it. Yeah, IT is evolving out of the craft industry into a, an industrialized manufacturing. Well, I think one of the, one of the key points, uh, something we, you and I were talking about yesterday, last night, uh, is the census, right? Mm. The, the census in Australia contracted IBM to do this work and it's an online service, and they built it in some form of cloud, but they put it on WebSphere. Mm. And it didn't scale the way it's supposed to scale. And they followed the same process that they would if it was going in you know, a, a legacy type of data center. And so cloud did. technology Correct. wasn't enough. Right. Even though they were using cloud technology, it didn't yet. Yeah. Mm. This process stuff, enterprise IT has been process intensive for decades. I mean, mainframe stuff. I mean, I've been in customers where you couldn't make a change to the system without going through a, a very rigorous process and stuff like that. So I think it's not just process per se, but it's a different class of processes that are coming along with, with cloud. They're much more instantaneous. They're much more they're quicker. The DevOps stuff, to some extent, is, is pushing stuff that very few organizations used to do and pushing it out to massive amounts of organizations. So... Yeah, I think there's process intensiveness with the cloud, but it's a different scale or a different class of processes that are coming online that are becoming much more available, much quicker to spin up an instance in a second and, and take it down or, or add data or whatever you want to do with that, that thing. You couldn't have done those sorts of things in the past without even more manual processes. Now, I guess it's automation. So is that what you're talking about? Is, are you talking about, like, ITIL and kind of things like that, Justin? Or are you talking about a different I mean, kind those, of process? That stuff's been around for decades. Yeah. Okay, yeah well, you, so if you bring it, bring it back to the start, though, it's not the technology that counts. It's what you do with it, right? So cloud, as we've all said, is the enabler. And technical people tend to think of cloud in terms of technical processes because that's the space we play in. And everybody wants to know how it's going to impact how they do things, right? But the business doesn't care. The business wants to know that when they move to the cloud, they have a capability to do things that they haven't been able to do before, or they can do things faster, or they can do things that they couldn't have afforded to do, right? So there is a gap, and we see it in small business so many times, where they see this vision of cloud and all the great things it can do, but there's this adoption gap between what they're actually using it for. And you can put all the, the technical processes in place in terms of having a team that knows how to spin up, support cloud, do hybrid, all that was bank stuff that us, us techies like in terms of that cloud ecosystem. But if you're not bringing that back to how is the business going to use it, like what are we doing differently in the business that is making an impact because we have this technology capability? And it's a real big thing that, that's missing. And that's where the business gets disillusioned with cloud and goes, well, how is it any different? Mm. Well, and I think that it's not that we don't have, we have process, right? It's just the wrong process. It's an organizational shift. They're taking the processes that they've used for 
their infrastructure environment and how they provision and deploy and bring things to market today and just using those with these different set of technologies. But to your point, it's a, it's a process, but it's a different process. Yeah. And, and it's an organizational shift. And it, it can't just be the you know, four guys that are championing and the, you know, the four devs that you know, are running half the applications in AWS or Azure to, to do that. It has to be the entire organization top yeah. down that are and take a good look at it and say, OK, we need to do things differently. Yeah, and that's one of the lessons from uh, lean manufacturing and the and the whole TPS thing. There are there are consulting companies that go out and implement lean manufacturing processes in manufacturing companies that teach them how to do that. And there are profound subtleties in the way the the whole system works. And it, it is a system. Um, it's an ecosystem, in fact. So it, you can't just change one little piece. You have to change the entire system to operate in a new way. So. It is very profound, and there are some subtleties about it that if you don't pay enough attention, you can do it wrong. And we're going to be do- seeing that as well. We're going to see people who've read one book on it and suddenly think that they're an expert, and they'll go in and they'll change things and, and do it in a way that doesn't actually work. So on the plus side, because this has been done before in another industry, we have a whole bunch of lessons that we can go learn. And there's a whole bunch of books on it and case studies and companies that have gone through this kind of business transformation. Now it's in IT, not in manufacturing of physical goods, but the process of manufacturing an instance of a computer, like, okay, it's software, but the process of turning one on is basically the same thing as manufacturing a widget. And when I want to manufacture a container, just like I want to be able to manufacture pieces of Lego, and every piece of Lego has to be exactly the same within very, very low tolerance, otherwise they don't fit together properly, or they're not the same colour, and all of that sort of stuff. It's, it's really, really hard to do that well. But when you can do it, well, now I can manufacture millions of them, and they're all the same. So if I want to manufacture containers and have them all be exactly the same, then I need to use similar processes. So it's a compelling argument, but do you agree? I mean, you know, Ray? Yeah. I th- the SPC stuff has been around... Since the 20s, right? Western Electric came out with it, came out through, you know, Deming and during, the, during World War II, yep. migrated to, to Japan, the auto industry, migrating to other industries, uh, electronics and stuff like that. So it's been around for decades. That sort of process-intensive uh, operational management, if you will, mm. um, some organizations have been using it for their IT for a while. Some, some are just now adopting it. But I don't see how that really applies from a cloud perspective. But I understand it's it's more of a process management perspective, I yeah. guess, than just pure SPC stuff. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let me see if I can put it in the terms I mean, that people use in IT. Goal and all that stuff. Yeah. I understand all that stuff, okay. but it's 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 pets versus cattle. So people like to use oh, pets versus cattle. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Pets yep. versus cattle. Versus Spin up some pets. I understand yep. that. Yeah. Okay. So pets is you. Pets is fine for certain things, but when you need something highly specialized and handcrafted, and that happens in manufacturing as well. So if I need a very, very specialist tool that I need one of, then I, can, I use a different process to build one. But when I need lots and lots of things, and I need them to be basically the same, well, now statistical process control is the process I should be using to but do that. But how often do you think you know, most commercial and enterprise customers are building cattle? I mean, we're still in that transition period where a lot of my customers are not they're not cattle heavy, if you yeah. will. They're still very pet heavy, right? Yes, absolutely. And we're trying to walk them through that process of becoming faster, becoming more automated, becoming more efficient, moving to these you know, 
um, less monolithic, if you will, large processes. Yeah. Um, but every cloud discussion turns into this pets versus cattle debate, and I'm not convinced that we're moving to cattle quite as fast as a lot of people would would have. I, you I agree, and I, part of the problem there is that IT has had a really difficult time saying no, mm-hmm. and so when the business comes to you and says, "I want this," you know, we we have a standard service catalog. Oh yeah, but I need something special. So go to Toyota and order a three and a half cylinder car. Well, you, that's, that's not technically possible. That, All right. I, I know what you're going with that. But. <laughs> order, order a seven-cylinder car. Yeah. Okay? That's technically possible to do. But you can't buy one. Why can't you buy one? Because that makes no sense for Toyota to build them. It's like, but if you wanted one, if there was some reason that you really, really wanted a seven-cylinder car for some reason or a one-cylinder motorcycle, which you can buy, they're insane, but it's possible, you have to go somewhere and get it custom-built. And it's expensive. Whereas IT has tried to kind of do both. It said, oh, well, we're a factory and we can build lots and lots of stuff, but we're also a craft shop so you can have it completely custom made and it'll also be cheap. If you go to Amazon, you go to AWS, you order off a, off a price list, right? That's what they build. You and they do have, have some anything. customization, but they don't have radical customization. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. that's a little bit of a... But there's a logic fallacy there. You can, yeah. We have to be able to be, IT has to be somewhat flexible. It can't just be small, medium, large, and that's it. There has to be some customization, just like I can go to Toyota and get a different uh, style of seat. I can get yeah. better sound. There are right? some options, yeah. but there are not many options. Sure. And you can add lots and lots of options. So that, and, but the thing is, like, there's another thing that goes beyond just manufacturing, mass manufacturing, which is mass customization. So once you get to mass manufacture, if you've got a, a fully automated paint shop, for example, and if you've got all of the components that you need to make a new set of pigments, you can allow someone to order a car and you only build it after they order it because it, you can build it quickly and get it to them. And then you can say, well, you can have it in any colour you like off this set of things as long as I don't have to maintain a paint inventory because if I, if if I paint it the old way, I have to have every paint. And that's expensive because I've got to warehouse all of the paint. Whereas if I can build the colour of paint when you order it out of all of the paint components, now, you, now I can offer you a customization because it's automated. So if you want to be able to customise things, it has to be an automated customization. Sure. If you want to be able to do it at scale. But if you only ever need to build one, then it... So a factory takes a long time to build yeah? and to set up and it's expensive and there's a lot of money that goes into that, like AWS... They built the factory. If I just need some stuff that the factory makes, then I order it from the factory. I don't build a factory myself. If I'm not going to do this really, really often, then there's no point in me investing in a factory. But if I'm building Windows machines, like if I need to turn on another instance of Windows and they're all the same, then I need at least some factory. Or I should have some factory. Because otherwise, it's really expensive to go sure. and build it by hand. There's always going to be a base, right? You have your base set that you build your factory for, so in this analogy. Um, but there's going to be people requests for customization. So yep. it may not be automated to begin with, mm. but you still may make an exception because the business wants that. Yep. And then eventually it iterates and it becomes part of that factory. And one of the, the problem with that is that the exception becomes what you do all the time because everyone thinks they're special. But what we've seen with AWS is, is, actually, most of you aren't special. Sure. And if you give business the option and you give them a price, and this is the big difference. I agree with that. It's like, if you say, oh, yeah, you can have whatever you like, but it's going to cost you 10x what this will cost. 
and then people suddenly start going, yeah, maybe I don't really need it to be in bright orange. Maybe I'm okay with blue because I don't care that much. And IT has always sucked at doing that. It's going, would you, oh, no, we have to have it and you have to do it for the bottom basement price. So if you go into a retail store and there's a TV there and you say, I will buy, and the sticker price is five grand, and you go in and say, yeah, I'll have that TV, but I want it for 50 bucks. They will kick you out. Well, it sounds to me like it's not that, your, your point is not that cloud is about process and not technology. It sounds to me you're saying IT is really bad at negotiating. Uh-huh. Yes, that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that was my next point, right? You can walk into a store and offer 50 bucks for that OLED television. They're going to laugh you out. But if you push back on a business unit or an app owner within a company and that app owner plays golf with the CIO or the CFO, guess what? You may not get to make those decisions. And unfortunately, process is part of it. And just real-world realities are another part of it that sometimes deviates you off of these kind of standards that you set. And I agree. I mean, I think you have to force people. You have to put cost in front of them. You have to show what it does when you kind of do this guy a favor and you do this one thing and the next thing you know that that favor lives for 10 more years as an <laughs> as a supported application set yeah and that's, i think that's, that's the, the cio's whole, job yeah really and and it, you know there really is a compromise and a translation there because often the business is asking to do something because of a way they have always done something yes and so as, as you said it, it's quite often comes through as a we need this and it will provide it yeah and the, the cost factor surely comes in but there needs to be that translation and that communication with business and it are actually working together heaven forbid and saying okay you may have always done it that way but there's actually now a better way and because we're doing things differently with the tech in the back end yeah. maybe the business process at the front end needs to change and mm-hmm. you need to start doing some things differently in the business to start using the technology and getting the results you want. So I think the cloud does give IT an opportunity to push back on that a little bit, but it's going to take um, it, it, you know, it's going to take that pushback from IT and it's going to take the business being open to that kind of a conversation and them being open to changing how they work. And I think all of this, though, supports the argument that this is about process, yeah. right? I mean, if you look at it, everything we've discussed here is how things are requested, how things are delivered, what the authorization flows are, thing, you know, along those lines. So I think in the end, it does support that, that argument that it is about process, even though we get down in the weeds and the real-world realities of it. Um, it starts with kind of redefining and reorchestrating those. Yeah, and it is a business problem because the people who, like, IT doesn't pay for itself. Mm-hmm. Business does. So businesses who hate their IT need to look at themselves and go, it's your fault. It's the CEO's fault and the CFO's fault because you didn't pay for the IT you need. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to pay for it. And I think that in a, in a way what, what we're saying and what Sonia just said too really kind of resonates with me and that's that um, IT's response to the threat of AWS and the threat of the cloud has been to um, try to drop their pricing. You know, it basically not to figure out how to get a handle on things. It's been... It's been, uh-oh, we've got a competitor, let's do it. And, you know, back to your initial analogy, that kind of does remind me of GM's reaction to Toyota in the 90s, which was decontent, you know, make, you know, stripper cars that are cheap and, and try to push those instead of saying, well, maybe we need to change how we're doing things. But I think also that's how cloud came into a lot of organizations. I mean, years ago, my conversations were... 
you know, if cloud is cheaper, we need to figure out how to be cheaper. It wasn't about process. This stuff came later. But what, that's how it came in. Yeah. What people didn't realize, though, it's, and IT generally, like vendors, always talk about cost savings. And yeah. it's like cost is the last thing people care about. Yep. They don't talk about value, which drives me nuts because um, I always talk about the value side of things. That's the thing about cloud. It's not about the price. It's uh, well, about what it a little bit, right? I mean, you, you have to do some due diligence of whatever you're doing, uh, from however the application or the system works. It's a factor, right? But it, it's probably not the main driver. It, it's, uh, it's always a factor, right. but price is the, whenever you're doing a sale thing, price is the last thing that people actually do because they, most of the rest of the selection happens around for other reasons because it's like, well, why do I want this thing in the first place? And nothing has an inherent value. The price is cheap relative to something else. So what they're saying by saying, oh, AWS is cheap, it's like, yeah, but it's easier to buy. I can see the value I'm getting for it, so it appears cheaper. So for the internal IT thing, it's like, well, what I get seems expensive because I don't know what I'm actually getting. Like, I don't know what the value of the IT is, which is a bad sales job, like, because IT doesn't do sales and marketing. AWS sure. does. Yeah. And, and on that note, too, I mean, it does, in a way, it kind of reminds me of Uber, right? I mean, the thing is, you know, it's not cheaper. It's just easier to buy. Yeah. It's way easier to buy. It's so much easier to buy that people are willing to spend two or three times as much yep. on it. And that's actually a fact of many cloud systems as well. Mm. I mean, people have argued for a long time that it would be easier to, to buy the systems and build it in-house, especially if you're going to leave it running for a long time. Uh, you know, th- there's just no financial comparison yeah. to buying equipment and using it for three years yeah. than renting space in the cloud for three years. Yeah. But it's so much easier, and it's so much easier to do and so much more practical to do with the cloud, that even big companies that had enough money to build their own, and if, you know, admittedly some of them eventually did build their own, like Dropbox and so on, were willing to spend the extra money just because it was easier to let somebody else do it. And that was about process change. And then when they learned how to use it, and now mm-hmm. I've got all my processes, now I can build my own factory because I know how to run one. Right now, IT doesn't know how to run an AWS-style factory, so we have to teach them. So what's the, uh, the, the gist here? Uh, Justin has made his case. Um, Ray? Uh, I don't think it's just about process. I think it's scalability. I think it's ease of use. I think, I think lines of businesses outside of IT are adopting cloud to do things that they want to do so they can get to it quickly and stuff like that. It's, it's not just about process. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. The jury? Sonia? I actually think that Ray and Justin in a roundabout way are saying the same thing. I, <laughs> yeah, I think Ray agrees with me. He just doesn't yeah. like the process. I, I think he agrees. Agree, but you yeah. agree differently. I think yes. it's about process and process avoidance, which is almost the same thing. I think I've seen in a lot of large organizations, app owners go around the IT processes because, quote, unquote, cloud is, is quicker. Yeah. Really, that's a process discussion. That's it just not means a, the process is wrong and slow. Correct. Yeah. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is once again brought to you by Gestalt IT, home to IT coverage from across the enterprise. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Gestalt IT and at Facebook.com slash Gestalt IT. Very original. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is produced by Rich Straffolino. That's me. Until next time, from all of us here at Gestalt IT, have a super sparkly day. <laughs>